Welcome to the Play Big Brown Bold podcast, episode number 10. Welcome to the Play Big Brand Bold podcast, business and branding advice to help you play a bigger game in your business and brand bold to stand out in the crowd. Each week, I'll be sharing interviews with business and creative professionals, as well as insights and strategies to help you do more of the things you want to do in your business, get confident, clear, and capable to build your business brand and bottom line. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Play Big Brand Bold podcast. I am Suzanne Chadwick, your host and the founder of the Connection Exchange. And today we are talking to Michaela Paul, the creative director of Social Stylings, all about the big eye. Yes, yes, Instagram. So whether you are a new business to Instagram or whether you have been on the bandwagon for a long time, I hope that today you are going to learn something new. We're talking about Instagram for beginners as well as some tips on increasing your audience and followers, how to get the right people following you, visual branding on Instagram, what goals you might need to be thinking about or setting for yourself, using Instagram insights as well as a couple of hot tips at the very end on Insta stories. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. If you do, obviously, don't forget to leave a review because we love it when you do. Thank you so much to the people who already have. But I don't want to keep you any longer. We're going to dive straight in. Enjoy. So, Michaela, welcome to the Play Big Brand Bowl podcast. It's awesome to have you here. So lovely to be here. I'm so excited. I know. Well, I was just telling you that I actually put a post out on my Suzanne Chadwick Facebook page and said, who would my community like to hear from? What do you want to know more about? And somebody said to me that I had to speak to you. So here we are. That's awesome. I'm so happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> Word of mouth is always the best thing, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, obviously I do follow you on Instagram anyway. I've seen your Insta lives. I'm now part of your Facebook group and you are all things Instagram. So on social styling. So I kind of always love to know, how did you get started? How have you ended up here where you are? Yeah, well, that's a really good question because there's a lot to it. Um, It's really interesting. When I was in high school, I actually had a fashion and beauty blog loved writing, loved doing all that kind of stuff. Instead of, you know, going out playing sport, doing other after school activities, I was on my computer learning how to build a WordPress website. Love it. Doing all these really nerdy techie things. And that's kind of when I realized that, oh, this digital marketing thing is really interesting. And it was kind of from there that I had to make the decision whether I was going to go into fashion or digital marketing, because I kind of thought, well, I have to choose one. You can't do both. That's impossible. Because there wasn't really much of like an awareness of the different careers that you could have that would intertwine. So anyway, I decided to go the easy route and I went into fashion first, which I guess you could call it easy. It's not really that easy, but I went with fashion anyway. And what I found from working in the fashion industry in wholesale fashion account management and visual merchandising was that a lot of small boutiques and startup online boutiques and just everyone generally in the fashion industry was kind of struggling with how to increase the amount of people coming into their stores, shopping online, 
through social media. A lot of them were coming to us, the stockists, and saying, hey, can I get some photos? Or they just screenshot photos from our email marketing campaigns. And you know, when you put that on social media, it's very blurry, it's not attractive. And it was kind of there that I realized there was this big gap in the market because I kept looking and I was like, there's no digital agencies for fashion and beauty. There's just none. No one's Amazing. Well, I have to say that Instagram is probably my number one shopping outlet at the moment. <laughs> so I see somebody I like wearing something, somebody tags somebody, and the next thing I am in a cart somewhere. <laughs> somewhere yeah. around the world I'm in a cart and I'm checking out. So I have to say that, yeah, Instagram I find amazing from a fashion label perspective. Mm, mm. It's absolutely incredible. And from both a wholesale perspective, getting boutiques to come on for your wholesale brand, but also for retail, Instagram is just a fantastic place because consumers are going there with a yes. shopping mindset. Well, I'm not always with a shopping <laughs> mindset, but I end, in the I, end up, I end up shopping anyway. Okay, great. So you decided that there was a gap in the market? Mm, mm. Yeah, so that's kind of what happened there. And I, I was getting personally frustrated because I kept meeting after I decided to kind of investigate more of this gap in the market. I found there were so many fashion boutique owners who had brought on an intern or had hired an agency or done something in the realm of digital and had been completely just ruined because of it. Maybe they had a really bad experience and they had bought followers, which happened quite a lot back then. And just doing things that were a little bit shady behind their back and they just lost all trust for digital marketers, digital marketing in general. They was like, no, it doesn't work. This is ridiculous. I can't yeah. do it. And they just get into this mindset of everyone's out to get me in digital marketing world and no one understands me or my business and it's just annoying. So once I realized that, I really kind of got a fire in my belly and I was like, I really want to start this thing. So that's kind of where social stylings began. And I did that in, I started the business in January, 2016. And now we're in 2018 and yeah, full-time business. It's really awesome. Amazing. That is so good. But I mean, the other thing that I always say to my community as well is that it is about looking at where is there a gap, what is it that people need and is there an opportunity for you to fill that gap and obviously that's exactly what you did which is fantastic. Yeah, I think you just kind of got to follow your passions wherever it leads you and then you'll generally find the thing that you're meant to do because I think a lot of people, especially young people in high school, like I remember people were going, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do for a career after school and just sitting there and freaking out and signing up for university courses that they didn't really care about, that they just kind of needed to do as a Because it's what you do, isn't it? That's, That's what you do. Yeah, you just, you just do it. So... And that kind of made me realize that, you know, you can't just like be holding on tight going, where is my passion? I'm going to find it. Where is this thing I'm meant to do? It kind of finds you, I've found. Yeah, absolutely. I just sort of think as well is that it's only when you try different things that you figure out what you like. I always sort of say, I wanted to be a policewoman. I wanted to be a barrister. I went and did work experience and I hated it. It was the most boring job ever. And it was really just through a number of different jobs that I ended up finding what I really loved. But I also think that there's a time and a place for those sorts of things too, you know, to mm. explore and find out more about what really lights you up. Yeah, absolutely.
Fantastic. And so what was it about Instagram that captured you? Because that is what you're an expert is. That's what you focus on and what you teach and, you know, work with your clients on. So why Instagram? Absolutely. Really great question. So when I started my business, I was teaching all aspects of digital marketing. I'd done a lot of research into all these different platforms and I was kind of working with clients across all of them. However, I quickly realized that Instagram was the easiest platform to get organic growth on. You didn't really need to do paid advertising a few years ago. You could kind of get by with just doing organic and also, Instagram has a very good reputation within the fashion and beauty industry. It's a platform where a lot of the fashion and beauty consumers go and a platform that they really, truly enjoy as compared to other social media networks like Twitter, for example, where they may not necessarily be going to for fashion inspiration. And so are you working with businesses outside of the fashion industry or that's really your niche? I do sometimes work with businesses that are slightly out of the fashion beauty industry. So kind of heading into the more lifestyle industry, okay. like yoga instructors, uh, that kind of space. However, I really do love to work with fashion beauty because, you know, that is my experience. That's your passion. That's my passion. And, you know, there's just so much potential there. And actually this year, one of my goals is to work with more sustainable fashion and eco fashion brands and same with beauty. So like cruelty free, eco beauty all of that kind of stuff. Oh, fantastic. Very good. And so what do you find is the common problem that you see creatives and business owners having when it comes to using or building their Instagram? Mm, there, there is a lot that kind of happens. When I, when I do have a look at an account, it's usually a few things that are going wrong with the account that are really holding them back. The what are you looking for? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of feel like a doctor when I'm doing Instagram <laughs> audits. I feel like I'm writing people a prescription of, okay, yeah. you need to change this because there's so much that's going on that's affecting them. That's giving them this block or this congestion of Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the first thing is their imagery and just the way they're presenting themselves on Instagram. So the images may be low quality. They may not flow together nicely. They may not be exactly telling their story in the correct way with their images. Next thing is usually their captions. Maybe they're being too salesy. Maybe they haven't got a really good kind of um, holistic approach to their content marketing. They're not educating or motivating they're only promoting 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 and the next thing is when it comes to their bio descriptions they haven't really given them a clear purpose so they don't know what they want their instagram account to achieve which is generally where people sit when they're like oh why is my instagram account not driving sales i'm not doing this i'm not doing that and it's because their whole instagram account as a whole just isn't um optimized for what their goal is with instagram and so when they join Instagram, do a lot of your clients have any idea of what they're supposed to be doing or are they just kind of jumping on and hoping for the best? Yes. The, most of the time they are just jumping into Instagram, setting up an account and just posting a few times and then going, why isn't it working? This is so annoying. Or they will get their daughter or yes. someone that they know to do it for them and help them, which usually the daughters, they actually know what they're doing. They're actually giving their mums like really great advice. Isn't that but funny? Like, what, who's like 14 or 16 or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're like, no mum, you have to make sure the imagery is really nice. I'm like, Can your daughter come work for me. She sounds great. But you know, when it comes to that kind of digital landscape, I feel like it is so tricky to get started because I know Instagram is still the easiest to get organic growth on, 
but there's a lot that goes into this free organic growth. Yeah, absolutely. And so when you started on Instagram, what do you think that you did differently that really worked for you when it came to that organic growth? Oh, so that's a really good question. So when it came to me getting started in January, 2016, Instagram was a lot easier. You know, they hadn't rolled out the, um, the algorithm yet. They were still on the chronological feed, so that was a little bit easier to mess around with. You could also get away with posting more frequently. So the algorithm was actually kinder if you were putting out content quite frequently, whereas now it's a little bit different. And I guess what I did differently, essentially in that space and at that time, was I spent a lot of my time creating educational content and just focusing on giving people value. Because I knew that, you know, you're not going to get people to follow you for long if all you're doing is promoting, 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 promoting. You've got to have that exchange of value so that they can trust you. And particularly when you're first starting out as a social media marketer, there are so many other people out there. You've got to prove that you know what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And the market does feel crowded or busy at the moment. There are so many Instagram tips and things like that. It's, it is hard to keep up. And obviously there has been a lot of changes. So just for people who aren't completely au fait with Instagram, when you're talking about the algorithm, etc., can you just give me a really basic understanding of what you mean by that for those who don't understand it? Yeah, okay. So there are basically a few triggers within Instagram that will make your post either very popular and be shown to a lot of people or have your post only shown to a small subset of people. It's very similar to Facebook's algorithm at the moment, which if you have a Facebook business page, you may realize that even if you have 800 likers, you may only be getting five, 10 likes per post on your Facebook business page. And you may be wondering, uh, why is this happening? is because Facebook is determining how valuable your piece of content is by how many people are engaging within a certain amount of time, the types of engagements that they're giving you, all of that kind of stuff. And it's very similar on Instagram now. It's actually slowly moving closer and closer towards Facebook's algorithm. Obviously, Facebook owns Instagram. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah. They've owned it since Instagram was two years old. So It doesn't feel like that long ago, but, yeah, it has been a while now. Mm. People always assume that they only recently purchased Facebook, but I think it's because Facebook kind of sat on the purchase for a while before making changes because obviously they had to build up the platform to where it was a necessity for the public. Mm. Otherwise, they can't start charging for advertising. They can't start changing all these things because there wouldn't be anyone to sell advertising to. And it'll be interesting to see because obviously everybody's, you know, up in arms about the new Facebook changes etc and the fact that yeah it's more about friends and family and you know community and engagement which is fantastic so it may not be as focused on business posts Mm. um it may not be as easy as it has been so it'll be interesting to see how they potentially roll that out to instagram in the future and what those changes will be as well because obviously Facebook makes its money from businesses. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out for them um, if they're not really prioritising business as well. Yeah, and I mean, that's the way with anything. Like we're using Facebook and Instagram for free, essentially. So it's free marketing, but there's got to be a place where you've got to give back at some point. Unfortunately, that's the way the world works. (laughs) Um, You can't just... You can't just use their free software to make lots of money and never give them any money. It's just really, you know, it's just not very thoughtful of them, is it, that they want to... (laughs) Why do they have to make 
make money? Why can't they just live in a in a little tiny house and then yeah. make us all lots of money? Hilarious. <laughs> Very good. Okay, so we are going to dive into some tips now for those who are obviously wanting to use Instagram more and get better results, get better engagement, connect more with their audience and community because you know, that's something that we talk a lot about is really making sure that you're having that conversation no matter where you are. So what are some of your top tips for our listeners when it comes to things like increasing your followers? Ooh, increasing your followers. That's a really good one. I think the first thing that I'd want them to make sure that they have really down pat are hashtags because you know, I've seen people online saying, oh, you only need to use five hashtags per post or 10 hashtags per post. Otherwise you look really desperate and then no one will like you. But the, <laughs> the truth is that is a ridiculous statement. They are actually reading the reports that people have done up of the engagement and they're reading them wrong. The reports say 11 minimum, not maximum. Yes. And there's just lots of little things like that. And that's why I started my Facebook group, Instagram Unfiltered, because I was so sick of seeing all the wrong information everywhere. Uh, my pet peeve. <laughs> um, but when it comes to hashtags, it's really important that business owners understand that they are probably the most essential thing to Instagram growth, especially when you're getting started. You have to choose your hashtags wisely. You want to make sure you have a blend between generic or very popular big hashtags, like 500,000 uses of that hashtag. And also a mix of the more specific, smaller hashtags. So something like hashtag Brisbane fashion or hashtag Melbourne fashion. It's very specific. So there's going to be a specific type of person who's going to be looking through that hashtag. And they have reported that they are seeing that that is how consumers are now starting to search for things, which is making it easier for businesses to choose which hashtags to use. But on Instagram, you can have up to 30 hashtags per post. Highly recommend doing that because you want to take every opportunity you can to freely promote your business and also making sure you're not always using the same set. So actually using rotating between around three or four different sets of hashtags for different purposes. So for example, if your business is Australia wide and you're wanting to target all the different areas, you could have a list dedicated to Melbourne, a list dedicated to Sydney, a list dedicated to Brisbane and so on. Um, so yeah, hashtags would be my number one tip for follower growth because they really do make a big difference and also engaging with other people on Instagram. You can't just join Instagram, post a photo, add some hashtags and wait for everyone to come to you. Especially if you're a tiny new account, you need to go out there and introduce yourself to people, leave genuine, nice comments on other people's content instead of just smiley faces. And so there's a couple of questions there. So the first one with hashtags, how do we find the right hashtags for us? Are there any websites, apps that you use to find what some of the popular ones are or what some of the custom ones are? Mm, I wouldn't recommend going and using any of the websites because a lot of them are very, very generic. So things like hashtag OOTD, which is out for the day, or hashtag tags for likes. I wouldn't recommend those. They are usually very spammy. You'll get a lot of those follow and follow accounts following you and then unfollowing. It's very annoying. What I generally it is recommend, very annoying. It's great. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's one of my biggest pet peeves on Instagram. I have so many pet peeves when it comes to Instagram. But anyway, so when it comes to hashtag research, what I'd recommend doing is number one, having a look at your existing competitors and seeing what they're using. Very helpful. And obviously you don't want to use all of the same hashtags because then you're going to be targeting the exact yes. same people. You're already targeting the same target market. You don't want to target the same people on Instagram. Um, but what I would recommend doing is having a look at their hashtags for inspiration, click on their hashtag and have a look 
because when you actually open up Instagram on your phone and you type in a hashtag and you open up that one hashtag at the very top, if it's a popular hashtag, there'll be a little bar and it's blue and it says related. And that's a list of related hashtags to that hashtag. And that's a really easy way to get lots of extra additional hashtags that you could put in a list and start using. Now I've got heaps more tips like that in my hashtag research book. It's called must have hashtags really really definitive guide because there's so much to learn about hashtags it's crazy this is why i'm an instagram specialist because there's just so much about instagram it's so complicated <laughs> well we'll have that link below for people in the show notes as well but that's fantastic and i do think that yeah i have looked at competitors or people who are similar in my market mm. uh, and just done screenshots and then gone and just taken a look later uh when i've had a chance but i think that the other thing that I really love doing is that I've just, I use Google Note and I've got all my hashtags in there so that whenever I am about to post, I've got ones because I do speaker coaching and we do events and brand, etc. I've got a couple of different clusters of hashtags dependent on what I'm posting about. And then I just go copy and paste and straight in, which makes it super easy. I don't have to think about it. And if I want to edit my hashtags, I just go into my Google note uh, and change it there. And then that changes automatically syncing in my phone as well, which mm. makes it really easy. That's awesome. I use the hashtag management system and plan. Ah, yes. The Shudge link tool that Christy made. Yes. I, I love that. That's P-L-A-N-N -N for anybody wanting to check it out. And it is a fantastic app. Mm, it is just so incredible. So I highly recommend that one. I love that for hashtag management. And make sure you don't accidentally double up on hashtags, which I see a lot of people doing. Like they'll put in the same hashtag twice, but Instagram will not delete it. Doesn't make it doubly more effective. <laughs> Doesn't do that. Damn it. <laughs> Very good. So the second question I had around engagement was how do you find people that you want following you to then engage with? So how are you going about that? Okay, that's a good one. So I usually like to go and look at certain, you know, dream potential clients. You know, I think everyone has a little list of those in the back of their mind. Like, I would love to work with them. Go and find them on Instagram. Leave them a few likes, leave them a few comments. But after that, you may want to have a look at, you know, hashtags that you're using. Maybe if you're targeting, you know, a certain type of business owner. If you're a business coach, for example, you may want to type in hashtag Australia health coaches or hashtag Brisbane health coach or something like that. And then start engaging with these people who would be your potential customers. It's more easier than ever now with hashtags to just type in whoever your target marketer and then to discover them on Instagram. You're like, oh, look, all these people I can market to. It's amazing. And do you have a certain amount of time that you sort of set aside to be sitting and doing that commenting and engaging? Yes, I do. Actually, I have a little kind of formula for it. I do one hour of Instagram marketing a day for my own account, which some people think is crazy. They're like, what? You're an Instagram marketer and you spend an hour on Instagram a day. That, how is that possible? How? But the thing is, you just got to manage your time really wisely. Mm. So I break that one hour into three different sections. So I've got posting time. So the actual time dedicated to getting the photo from my scheduler, posting it to Instagram, which is usually like two minutes. And then the second allotment of time is to engagement. So going out and leaving likes and comments on other people's content, going through hashtags, all that stuff. And the third allotment of time is 
for research. So whether I'm researching hashtags or researching images to regram, or if I'm researching what everyone else is doing in my niche or in my industry, that's kind of how I break down my time. And some days I'll spend 20 minutes doing research. Other days I'll spend 30 minutes doing engagement. It just depends on what I need out of Instagram that day. Okay, fantastic. So many good tips in there. Um, and so that obviously goes into building real engagement. We were just talking before people have bought followers in the early days, etc. And there are bots out there where you get followed and you get so excited that you've hit a milestone and then you wake up in the morning and it's 20 less than it was the day before, yeah. oh, which I just, I do sometimes just think Instagram is just there to destroy my soul. <laughs> I get so excited that I'm like, oh, boom. <laughs> but obviously when you're building real engagement, you know, I do look at some accounts and they've got so many comments and so much conversation, like real conversation going. Um, and I love that. And so is there anything else that you would sort of say, obviously you're looking for those dream clients, but just generally around engagement and conversation, is there anything else that you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it comes down to, whether you are a personal brand or whether you are a corporate brand, because I think corporate brands have a much more of a difficult time trying to increase engagement because they're corporate. They're like this big thing that's hiding behind a logo and no one can really relate to them. However, I find the corporates that are the most successful with increasing engagement, they actually share personal stories yes. from the founder or they share personal stories from their customers and that kind of tugs the heartstrings and makes people start to think of them a little bit differently. I think personal brands have a lot of an easier time increasing engagement because they can share personal stories, but it's a matter of sharing personal stories, being comfortable doing that, but also not oversharing. Yeah, which there's a very fine line there when it comes to business. You know, I love when people share photos of their kids and their family, like really nice, like family portraits. But I see people sharing photos of their kids at a really low resolution. Maybe they've just won an award at school and they take a photo. One time I was actually very, very tempted to message a business owner because not because I was like, oh my gosh, don't post photos of your kids. <gasps> no, that's not what it was about. It was because she'd actually posted a photo of her daughter's full name and her school right and the location of the school yeah. so just get, and I said it's a safety issue it's a safety issue we like to think that Instagram is a really safe place we like to think that social media is a really safe, safe place but it isn't and like I'll share this from my own experience last year I actually had a stalker who found me on Instagram as a business and he started calling my personal phone number because obviously it's linked because I'm a business and people call me on my phone but now I've had to change my phone number. I can't list my phone number anywhere as a business. And, you know, that just kind of goes to show that, you know, you want to share personal stuff, but there's a fine line between protecting yourself and your family and oversharing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's been an interesting one. I, uh, I share pictures of my kids rarely. Mm. Uh, it was a decision I kind of made early on that, uh, that wasn't, something that I wanted to talk about a lot uh, and it's you know it's kind of their privacy as well uh, mm. but every now and again you know every 100 posts or every 50 posts or something I might put something but it always gets so many comments and so much engagement yeah. and people do love it because it is part of you yeah exactly and they love hearing about the story of you and who you are behind your business yes. 
And I find like anytime I'm sharing something a bit more personal, I get a much better response on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Yes. People are just craving that personal um, insight into businesses these days because that kind of helps you. Absolutely, which is an awesome segue into the next uh, tip that we've got just around developing your brand because, and brand is obviously something I talk all the time about, uh, you know, the podcast is called Play Big, Brand Bold, and just really looking at how you form that well-rounded brand, like you were saying, of what your business is about, what you're here to do and how you serve, as well as who you are. Because people buy from people and like you said, we are really craving that connection and it is when I meet somebody and I really like them and they it just resonates with me what they talk about and their story that I'm kind of moving further along that track of is this somebody I want to work with? I go and check out their website, what are their products and services? It's a really interesting uh, you know, journey that we go on as customers when we look for somebody to work with. So when it comes to developing your brand on Instagram, what are some of the things that people can be doing more of? That's a really good question. So when it comes to branding on Instagram, I think the most important thing at the beginning is your imagery style. So deciding, okay, what kind of imagery am I going to be sharing on Instagram? Am I going to be doing black and white imagery? I wouldn't recommend doing black and white imagery if you're selling a product or clothing because then no one will know what the color is and you'll always get questions. Um, I have seen people do this. I'm yeah. I'm like, what are you getting? No one can tell. But when it comes to the styling of your imagery, you need to understand that once you make that decision, you have to stick with it for a long time because otherwise if you're doing lots of different filters, lots of different colors, lots of different photo angles, it's going to get really confusing, really messy. And then when people land on your Instagram feed, they're going to get this feeling of just uncomfortableness. They're going to be like, Oh, don't really like it. I don't want to stay here leaving. Also when it comes to branding, and this is something that I feel like more people need to think about. And it is how do you want people to feel when they see your brand or when they see your business, when they come across your Instagram feed, you know, there are skincare clinics that I work with and you know, some procedures at a skincare clinic are not fun. There's a reason they say beauty is pain. It's because it's painful. <laughs> so anyway, there are lots of treatments you can get at skin clinics that are quite painful. They involve needles, they involve peels and they look really painful afterwards because your face is all red, but you're going to glow in like two days. But I see lots of skincare clinics who show those during photos and the immediately after photos and the client has like tears in their eyes and they just look <laughs> unhappy. And you know, they post these because they're like, oh, look, we want to show people about what we do. But as soon as someone lands on that photo or on that Instagram feed filled with red faces and blood and needles, they're not going to want to go to the skincare clinic. They are not buying the process. They're buying the end result. Yes. So don't sell them the process because they're never going to come in because they'll immediately, like always, when you see a beauty procedure, you know it's going to be painful. You don't need to be kind of working up in your mind as you're looking through the Instagram account. Oh my gosh, she's crying. It's going to be so painful. Cause I'll never go in. Yeah. I was about to say that's really not selling it to me at all. No, it isn't. And you know, that's kind of an issue for like the skincare and beauty industry. Like you've, you've really got to make sure that you're sharing good before and afters of your clients, not during the whole process. Cause it just looks painful. Even if it's not painful, because the skin therapist will tell you, they're like, oh, it's just redness. She's fine. And it's like, yeah, but it doesn't look like it. 
<laughs> not to someone who's not in your industry. It doesn't look like it. And the consumers are generally not. Um, so I want you to think about what is the feeling that you want people to have when they land on your feet? Because that's a feeling that you want them to also have when they meet with you in person. Do you want them to feel happy and vibrant and fun? Which I, which I would think is what you want with your Instagram feed. Because I have a look at it. You've got lots of bright colors. It's yes. fun. It's exciting. You're like, woo, business. Love it. <laughs> Whereas like other Instagram accounts for a skincare clinic, you may want people to feel relaxed and calm and, you know, serene and ready to go and have a massage or whatever. So you need to think about what kind of feeling you want to elicit and what kind of imagery is going to help you. And, you know, just think about it like this way. Like when you open up images that you're thinking about using on Instagram, look at it for a moment and think, how does this make me feel? If you're scared of spiders, and you look at a photo of spiders on Facebook, if you're scrolling through and spiders pop up, you're going to have a physical reaction. Your body's going to go, ah, even though you logically know that the spider is not yeah. there, you're going to have a physical reaction. And that's what happens on Instagram with your account. So you've got to remember that feeling and emotion is in tied with what we actually see on Instagram. Very, very important. So that kind of covers branding a little bit. <laughs> Very good. I think the other thing that I'd say as well is just having that consistency across your brand, so across mm -hmm. your socials as well, because I think there's been times where I've gone into, say, an Insta account and then I've clicked through to the link and gone to the website and there's just, I'm sort of like, am I in the right place? Is yeah. this the same person or the same business? So I think just having, when you're looking at building your brand, that consistency, look and feel wherever anybody goes, you know, whether it's your website, it's your business Facebook page, it's your Instagram, it's when they engage with you, like there really should be that consistency um, so that people feel like it's authentic. Mm, mm. It, it's immediately a trust breaker if they go to your website and it's completely different colours or different photos than your Instagram account. They're like, uh, are they linking to the wrong place? Yeah. Mm. And I've seen that a few times. Very good. So... So the next question is, how can we set some goals and what should our goals be when it comes to Instagram? Because obviously this podcast is coming out sort of beginning-ish of 2018 and everybody loves to set those goals. So how can we be doing that better? Mm, that's a really good one. So when it comes to goal setting, I have found that with Instagram, it's really important that obviously you're realistic about what kind of goals you want to achieve. If you haven't been using Instagram consistently over the last few months, you're not going to get 500,000 followers in a month. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to the purpose of your Instagram account and setting a goal related to that, I find it's much more effective. So Usually when I talk to someone about their Instagram account and I say, okay, what do you want to achieve with Instagram? They'll generally say, oh, I want to drive sales and I want to build brand awareness and I want to do this and I want to do that. And they're giving Instagram all these responsibilities. They're saying, Instagram, I want you to do everything for my business. I don't want to use anything else. You are my one and only. And then Instagram looks back at them and it's like, um... I can't do that. No. <laughs> There's too much pressure. Ah, and then Instagram breaks down crying. Um, so it's really important that you be quite specific about just giving Instagram one role in your overall marketing plan because you don't want to be hedging all of your bets on Instagram. You want to have other platforms playing in the background, doing other things. What I generally break it down into is three different goals that you could have for your Instagram account. The first one would be to drive sales to your website or to your online store or wherever. If you're not driving a product sales, you could be driving bookings for a service. 
if that is your goal, that is your goal. That is your one goal that you can have. Alternatively, you could have brand awareness as a goal. Now, I don't really like the brand awareness goal because it's so fluffy. It's kind of like saying, I want to be happy or I want to be successful. Like happiness and success, they mean such different things to people and so does brand awareness. So if brand awareness is going to be a goal, perhaps you're at the very beginning of your journey, you need to decide what does brand awareness mean to me? Does it mean being asked to be featured on this podcast by this person I look up to? Or does brand awareness mean having people giving me word of mouth recommendations every month, a certain amount of those? What does brand awareness mean? Define what that is so that you know whether or not Instagram is helping you to achieve that goal. Now, the last goal that you could have would be conversions. Now, this is a little bit different from sales because the conversions that I'm talking about are not related to product or bookings. So this one is really, really fun and interesting and I love talking about it because I don't think a lot of people consider it as an option. There are people that I talk to that, you know, they have an Instagram account because someone told them that they have to, but they genuinely hate Instagram. Like they don't want to be there. They're just like, oh, I got to post Instagram today. And they really do not enjoy it, but they have an Instagram account. It's going okay, but their heart is not in it. And people can tell, but they may have somewhere else on the internet where they really shine. So they may have an amazing YouTube channel or they have an amazing Facebook group that they just love and they are always in their Facebook group because it's just their favorite place to be. So I like for those people to recommend them to use Instagram as part of their sales funnel, their marketing funnel, to actually get people from Instagram. So getting all these interested people to come to their Instagram and then moving them over to this Facebook group or over to this YouTube channel. Because you know, Instagram can just be a gateway platform for you. It doesn't have to be the be all and end all if you don't enjoy it. So those are the three goals I would choose between and then build your strategy around your content and your engagement levels and who you're engaging with around whatever goal you choose to have. Fantastic. And obviously measuring those goals when you've got a business account with Instagram, you can go and look at your insights yes. and your analytics and make great decisions. So what maybe are the top three things that we should be looking at when we're looking at our insights to be able to you know, use it to the best of its ability and, and use it to when our customers are around. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the first thing that I'd be looking at is your posts and what are your most highest engaging posts within the last month, two months, three months. You want to keep that timeline really small because Instagram is changing so much. You want to make sure that your strategy is adjusting with it. So <laughs> keeping an eye on which content is performing highest and drawing conclusions logically as to why they are all so high performing. Maybe there is a color similarity between your highest performing posts. Maybe there is a content similarity. Maybe in every single of your highest engagement posts, you're actually getting a lot of comments about your personal life. Maybe you're talking about personal things, or maybe you're talking about this product that everyone loves. You know, it could be completely different, but have a look at those, monitor those. I guess the next thing when it comes to the analytics that you can look at would be the website clicks. However, I really like using Linktree as my Instagram bio link because with Linktree, you can host up to five links on the free version and more than that on the paid version. And you can actually see how many people are clicking on which links. So you can see which ones people are most interested in and you don't have to change your bio link all the time. And the last analytic that I would check in a Instagram business account would be the, your followers and having a look at their active times. So when they are online during the week. Now I say active times because 
a lot of people go into Instagram business analytics and they go to that section where it gives them, you know, a weekly snapshot and all these different little um, columns. And they go, oh, Instagram is telling me my best time to post. This is awesome. But it's actually incorrect. If you have a look at what does this mean that Instagram gives you, it's actually telling you, no, I'm only telling you when your followers are on average online. I'm not telling you what all of your followers are. It's just an average and it changes all the time. So you've got to be very careful with that one because some people use it as a be all and end all, but really you've just got to see when your audience are online. You may want to use it to choose which days of the week you're going to post on Instagram, but I wouldn't trust it for the exact timings because it's very generic. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that I've been seeing lately is posts that are five days old coming yes. up. So I'm seeing something. So I might see like five posts from somebody which happened this morning uh, and I was just like, has she just posted like five posts? Or, and then I went and looked at when they were posted. One was six days, one was five days, one was three days, and one was six hours or something. And I was just mm. like, that's so bizarre that I'm seeing posts from such a long time ago. And I remember somebody in a group somewhere also saying, uh, like, second week of January, oh, fantastic, I can see that, you know, the St Kilda Seabards are having a New Year's Eve event. And it was obviously, she, it was coming up in her feed two weeks after it had happened, mm. which is just, it's interesting to sort of think, okay, well, if it is something that is timely, then your audience could be seeing it at any time. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's why I'm posting to Instagram less frequently than I did a few years ago. So in 2016, when I started, I could post to Instagram three times a day, seven days a week, and that would get me the best results. And you know, even when Instagram started, there were brands that were posting four to six times a day, and that was the best strategy for massive bulk growth. However, that strategy doesn't work anymore because yeah. people will start unfollowing you because you're spamming their feed and it just isn't valuable content. Now, what I'm doing with my own strategy and with my clients, what I recommend is posting three to four times to Instagram in a week, once a day. And, you know, comparing those strategies from when I first started to now, if you had told me that two years ago, it would have been like, what? Are you serious? That's not much at all. That's hardly any effort. Yeah. But that's all the effort that you need now in order to get good results from Instagram. If you do you know, you could do more than that, but you know, this is a really good amount of posts to do because the, the lifespan of posts is so much longer now. Yeah. And I'll actually usually try and put at least one or two days in between my posts to give them the opportunity to continue growing. Interesting. There you go. Now the last question that I've got for you, which is like my favorite question is actually tips on Insta stories. I am slightly obsessed with them at the moment. Yeah. And I do find that I can get sucked into the time warp of just watching yes. lots of Insta stories. <laughs> I do love them. They're so addictive. Uh, and I just love, especially with people that I know as well, like kind of getting up in the morning or having a lunch break and then seeing some tips or what they're up to or what's happening. And it's just so fun in a very informal behind the scenes kind of way. Now, what are some of your thoughts and tips on businesses and brands using Insta stories? Awesome. I love Instagram stories. It's like, oh my gosh, it's so addictive to actually create them. Like yes. I just spend all day mucking around on Instagram stories. Um, but I guess my best tips for a brand would be to make sure that you're using the interactive stickers. 
So on Instagram stories, you may notice that every day the stickers actually change. So we've got a Monday coffee with a sad face on Mondays and then on Tuesdays it's different. Then on Fridays is the TGIF and the Friday and all that stuff. On Wednesdays the camel for hump day. Yeah. <laughs> the hump day camel. But you know, those interactive stickers actually have a purpose. If you use the stickers like the Monday or the Tuesday or the Wednesday, that's the actual words, that can actually help you to be shown in the Monday story on the Explore tab or on the oh, Tuesday story. Interesting. And same for location. So if you're tagging Brisbane or if I go to somewhere in Brisbane like um, the Botanical Gardens, for example, if I go there, I'm going to use the location tag because if my post gets a lot of traction and views, it will end up in the Botanical Gardens story in the Explore tab. So if your location services are on throughout the day, if you walk past the Botanical Gardens, open the Explore tab, there will be a Botanical Gardens story if lots of people have been posting. Yeah, and I do find that I get a lot more views on my stories uh, if I do have a location, like if I'm at a cafe in like Armadale or something like that or any kind of tag of Melbourne or whatever it is. Uh, it's like it can be double sometimes on other stories if I've got a, a location tag. Yeah, exactly. And additional to that, you can also put in hashtags into your Instagram stories. And I love doing that, especially with the color picker tool, because you can actually color pick the background and make your hashtags invisible. And then just make them nice and tiny, hide them in the background, and no one will know. But that can help you to get additional views on that Instagram story. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's sneaky, really sneaky. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so sneaky it's amazing and I love using plan for that because you can schedule your Instagram stories and you can write in your hashtags in the caption of this Instagram story you want to post and then when it comes time to post you've already got that list of hashtags ready amazing I did see that you could uh, schedule stories I mean I'm just doing them in the moment. on the fly yeah, yeah on the fly in the moment uh, not that organized <laughs> that I'm planning with my uh, scheduling my stories. But have you seen any businesses? Actually, there was one business which you would probably be aware of, which is Feather and Noise. Yeah. Uh, and they have been doing uh, their Insta stories and Insta lives actually showing new collections and things like that, which I love watching. It's yeah. been great, especially when they try on different things and do different combos. So how are some businesses using either Insta Live or Insta Stories really well that you've seen? Yeah, so that one is definitely a great example of how a clothing boutique can use Instagram Stories, showing the new arrivals, showing the new collections. Mm. If you've got a new product that is launching soon, or you're trying to choose the color for the product or whatever. If you're trying to, if you're in that decision stage and you're ready and open, you have the patent, whatever you need, and you can show it to your audience, you know, get their feedback. I think asking your audience for feedback using Instagram stories polls can be really helpful to not only increase and build the hype, but also to build relationships with people on Instagram and also just to, you know, give people a sneak peek of what is coming. So they're ready to purchase when it does come out. Now, I've also seen people do um, kind of Instagram stories asking people what kind of competitions they would like to see on their Instagram feed. So you're not putting out a competition with a prize that no one wants. It's very important to the success of the competition. Yeah. Super, super important. And when it comes to Instagram live videos, I think they are really effective if you're doing an event, like a pop-up event, a pop-up store. If you want to do an interview with your founder, or anything like that, particularly for corporate brands, if you can like promote it on Instagram and other platforms saying your founder is going to be doing an interview on Instagram stories, people will pay attention. And particularly if they're a really high 
high profile founder, everyone will want to ask them questions. So I think getting the people behind the brand involved in Instagram stories and on Instagram lives are really great. Um, one company that I really love who do Instagram stories really well are Blogettes. Don't know them, we'll check them out. They're based in America and they are just so fantastic. They teach blogging and all these other really amazing things. And they actually have people in their office all throughout the day taking over Instagram stories. So you get to meet the people in their team and it, you actually feel like you know them. Absolutely. That's great. And I do see Sports Girl do that a bit as well, where their different mm -hmm. stores do an Insta story takeover. Yeah. Uh, and I do love that as well. Uh, it's just kind of thinking, who would I want to take over my stories? Yeah. I'm just like, who do I trust enough to take over my stories? And who is on brand for me as well? Who would be a value or benefit to my followers or uh, yeah, my community? But yeah, I have been thinking about that a bit. I think it would be so fun. Yeah. And I mean, you could even test the waters and just do an Instagram feed takeover where they give you a post and a caption and vice versa and you swap and then you post. Oh, I like that. You can see how your audience likes them and if they're interested, if it gets mm. good results, you can go, okay, you can take over my stuff. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. Well, Michaela, that has been so great. There's been some really great tips. Uh, I think that, you know, there are so many people in my community and generally who they love Instagram, they use it, but there are definitely, you know, areas that they'd love to understand a bit more or just use it better. I think really understanding the algorithm, just things like you were saying, you know, posting quite a lot at the very beginning when, you know, years ago totally worked and now maybe not so much. I think just keeping up with all of that mm. is really, one, it can be hard sometimes, especially when yeah. Instagram isn't your world, like for people mm. who they're using it as a tool, it's not their business. Keeping up with it all can be really hard. So those tips were so great and I think really uh, actionable and not too hard for people to be able to do quickly and easily. Yeah, I'm so glad. And I mean, even with me as a marketer, it is hard keeping up with everything yeah. Instagram does. They, it's not like they send a little email out to marketers <laughs> saying, hey, we've changed this. It's kind of like a guessing game. Like what has Instagram done now? <gasps> I know. Well, even this morning with stories, the way that you post it's different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I was just like, usually I could just press my arrow and it would go. Now I've got to like confirm and then, and then it posts or something. I was just like, what? That's just happened today. So yeah, yeah kind of exactly. like you wake up and something's changed. It's always really tricky because a lot of people go, oh, this is happening to me. But sometimes it's actually just a small rollout and they're testing yes. it. And it's like messing with people because they're like, am I crazy? Am I seeing things? But it's like, no, Instagram, the Instagram gods have just chosen you to test out this feature. They may release it to everyone. They may not, but you have to try it out. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just walk off and they're like, bye. Yeah. Hilarious. So what's on the cards for you and social styling in 2018? Oh, that's a good question. Oh my gosh, so many exciting things. It's going to be a real exciting time. So in my own business, I guess some of the first things that are happening at the moment is I'm collaborating with a few of my guest experts who are incredible. And now I'm going to be releasing some eBooks and e-courses that are not related to Instagram, but related to other areas of the fashion and beauty industry, like fashion photography for e-commerce brands. Fantastic. So actually bringing in a fashion photographer who knows 
everything about ghost mannequins, having a mannequin, whether you should use a model, whether you shouldn't use a model, what kind of model to use. Oh my gosh, there's so much to choose. But we're doing an ebook with her. Also doing an ebook on email marketing with one of my email marketing expert friends and just lots of other really helpful resources like that because I want to turn social stylings into a real hub for digital marketing knowledge for the fashion and beauty industry. And of course, everything I teach can be learned by anyone out of any industry, but all the examples I give are for fashion and beauty. So hairdressers, makeup artists, skincare brands, fashion brands, jewelry brands, handbag brands, all of that kind of space because I found as a marketer, I was reading books and courses online and all of the examples were really boring businesses. I just was like, Oh, finance. Yay. <laughs> you know, no offense like, to any finance business. No, listeners. <laughs> oh, actually, actually I will say there is a really amazing finance person on Instagram. Her name is Bola. She's interviewed me a few times and she has like over 50,000 Instagram followers. There you go. What's her handle? Clever girl finance. Clever girl finance. I'll have to go check her out because that's impressive. Yeah. That's she impressive. makes finance fun and interesting. So Lovely. if you want some tips, go see Bola. She's amazing. <laughs> Fantastic. And now where can people find you? Yeah. So I'm on the interwebs everywhere. On Instagram, I'm at social.stylings with Ness on the end. Yes. And I've also got my website, which I think we'll put in the show notes. We're going to put all the links below yeah. as well. <laughs> But for those people who are like on a run or in the car or... Oh, yeah, yeah, socialstylings.com.au. And if you want to join my free Facebook group, it is called Instagram Unfiltered. Fantastic. Well, Michaela, thank you so much for all your tips. It has been brilliant. I do love talking Instagram. It took me a little while to get on the Instagram bandwagon. I was a little bit like oh, this is just too much. But now I'm a little bit addicted. So I do love talking about it. And uh, yeah, I do love checking out your posts and your lives. They've been really fantastic. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad that you love Instagram. Pleasure, pleasure. Well, that has been another jam-packed episode. So I hope that you enjoyed it. Massive thanks to Michaela. Uh, I think that whether you're starting out in business or you've been in business for a while, you know, the social media landscape is always changing. Instagram is always changing. So it's just great to keep up to date with these tips and hear what's working, what's not for other people as well. And hopefully you've got some really useful tips today. Uh, and even if you are a regular Instagram user, then hopefully there was something there that is really going to help you to increase your followers, engagement, enjoyment, and obviously help you grow your business through Instagram as well. Now, if you have loved this episode, then I would love you to leave a review and let me know because I do read all of them. You can follow us on Instagram at the Connection Exchange underscore, on Facebook at Suzanne Chadwick TCX. And I can't wait for you to join us on our next episode. Have an awesome week.